Hello and welcome to this Grace Baptist Mission Media podcast. You're going to hear Serving Today, a program for pastors and church leaders. If you're involved in discipling others or perhaps you teach the Bible one-to-one or in a small group, Serving Today will be relevant for a wide range of believers. Welcome to Serving Today, the program for pastors and church leaders. This is Andrew Cook and it's good to have your company once more. Christian Basics, what the Bible teaches about Christ's death and resurrection. Here on Serving Today, we continue our look at the Bible's teaching about Christ's death and resurrection in our series on Christian Basics. And we're going to start with a very important question. It has two elements and it goes like this. Is it right to say that Jesus made salvation possible for sinners Or is it more accurate to say Jesus actually accomplished salvation for sinners? If you like, when Jesus cried out those words from the cross recorded in John chapter 19 verse 30, it is finished, did he still leave something for us to add to his work in order for us to be saved? Or did he do all that was necessary to save us? The answer to this question has profound implications for us, not least that if there is something left for us to do in order to be saved, then what is it and how can we ever know if we've done enough? In other words, it puts into question the whole issue of our assurance of salvation. So as I said at the beginning, it is a very critical question for us to consider. We've received the help of Dr John Hall with these Christian basics and Derek French asked him to show us God's answer from the Bible. That's very interesting, Derek. I wonder what the listener thinks about that. If you've understood what I've said so far, the answer is perfectly obvious from Scripture. The answer which is correct is this, that he's gone all the way to save sinners. He is able to save completely those who come to God by him. He's paid the price, no other things needed. It isn't just that he's made it possible. He's actually done it. He was the substitute. He did reconcile. He is the propitiation. His death went all the way to save sinners. His death accomplished the salvation of all those for whom he died. His death is gloriously and wonderfully effective. The Bible, in its words and imagery, always speaks of his death in terms of accomplishing salvation, not just making salvation possible. Well, let's read a few scriptures to remind ourselves of the effectiveness, the glory of the effectiveness of the death of Christ. We'll start with Romans 5 and verse 10. For if when we were God's enemies we were reconciled to him through the death of his Son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? While we were enemies, God took the initiative and reconciled his people to himself through the death of his Son he actually accomplished that reconciliation through the death of Christ. Next, Romans 5, 18 and 19. Consequently, just as the result of one trespass was condemnation for all men, so also the result of one act of righteousness was justification that brings life for all men. For just as through the disobedience of one, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, the many will be made righteous. 
To understand the picture here, you really need to read the whole section from verse 12, and perhaps you could do that after the end of the program. The whole human race is represented federally in this section of Scripture by two men. There are those in Adam, they're condemned. And all those in Christ, represented by him, are given justification, a life, and are made or constituted righteous. He actually did the work to secure for all his people their vindication and life. Derek's going to read again to us from Hebrews 9 and verse 12. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, having obtained eternal redemption. You see what the death did? It obtained eternal redemption. And you know what a redemption is now because we've looked at it. A price is paid to release those who the price is paid for. And so he's done the work and those for whom he died will be released and will be brought to glory. Let's look next at John 6, 39 and 40. And this is the will of him who sent me, this is Jesus speaking, that I shall lose none of all that he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. And so the picture here is that he was given by his Father a people. He's not going to lose any of them, but he's going to raise them up at the last day. Well, how do you know that you're one of those that are going to be raised up on the last day? Well, everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him has eternal life and will be raised up. All those that Christ died for will look, will believe, and will be raised up. Be sure, listener, that you look and believe. And we look at John 17, verses 1 and 2 now. This is where Jesus is praying just before he went to the cross. Father, the time has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Again, there's that group of the people that are given to the Lord Jesus Christ by the Father. He died for them, and what he gives them is eternal life. It isn't earned, it's something that's a free gift, and he gives eternal life to all that group. And so his death on the cross has been effective for that group because it secures for them life. It has struck me, John, as we've read through those verses, none of them say he made, for example, reconciliation possible or justification possible or redemption possible. He actually made it, didn't he? He actually accomplished it. He did indeed. And if he hadn't, we'd be utterly lost. If all he had done is made it possible for us as sinners to respond to him, such as our sinful rebellion is, as we've seen in previous programs, we would never would respond to him. So he could have died and done everything necessary to make it possible for sinners to be saved, and no one would have been saved. He had to do more. He had to secure for them everything necessary in order for them to be saved. He had to pay the full price. He had to secure for them life and secure for them faith, secure for them every grace needed in order for them to turn to God and be saved. Otherwise, no one would have been saved. And the glorious thing is that he has done that, and millions are saved. Mm, Yes, as you say, he's a glorious saviour, isn't he? He is indeed. Well, John, as we draw things towards a conclusion now, 
how are the people Jesus died for described in the Bible? Yes, let me read a few verses from the Bible. Matthew 1 and verse 21. He's going to be called Jesus. Why? Because he will save his people from their sins. So they're described as his people, those for whom he died. In Acts 20, 28, Paul says to the Ephesian elders, be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. So the ones that he bought are described as the church of God, those who are gathered together in Christ. In Ephesians 5, 22 to 26, but especially verse 25, it says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. His people are described as the church there. Or in John 10, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And so we see the people that he died for are described as his sheep. And then in Revelation 5 and verse 9, the words are, You are worthy to take the scroll and open the seals because you were slain, and with your blood you purchase men for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. Who did he die for? People from every tribe, language, people and nation. People the world over are saved by Christ's death. It's so important, listener, that you too are saved by Christ's death. John, perhaps a a difficult question in, in one way, but having seen these different descriptions of those for whom the Lord Jesus died, his people, his church, his sheep and so on, Are we right then to understand those passages of the Bible which speak of Jesus as being the saviour of the world as not meaning that absolutely everyone will be saved, but rather it is those who turn to him and trust him, that is, people, indeed from all over the world, from every nation and language, but who have been given to him by his Father that he will save. I think this is important because there are some people who teach that everybody in the world is going to be saved because Jesus is the saviour of the world. Yes, that's true. That's called universalism, Derek. And obviously it's wrong because Jesus said that the sheep would have eternal life and the the goats in that parable in Matthew 25 would have eternal punishment. There were two groups. There are two groups. Not everybody is saved. God does love the world he has made. And the emphasis there in Scripture is that he isn't just loving his own special people, the Jews, but all sorts of people, people of every tribe, nation and language, every class, every colour, people throughout the world he has loved and has chosen to save, and that through his son's death he saves those people worldwide. It's the only thing anywhere in the world, the only person anywhere in the world, the only way of salvation there is in any religion that actually is effective is the death of Christ Mm -hmm. and those who have faith in him. The Bible defines those he saves as those whom God chose to save, those whom God gave him. But you may say, well, how does anyone know in their own heart whether they're included in that group of the saved? Well, Jesus says in John 10 and verse 27 that his sheep hear his voice and follow him. So there is that need now for you to hear the voice of God through the scriptures that we've been speaking to you, the fact that Christ is a saviour, and for you to heed what the scriptures say and come to God through him, to believe in him, to receive him as your saviour, 
to look to him as your saviour. You see, Christ's death will be no good to you at all unless by faith you receive him and all the benefits he gives. And so as we close this section, let me urge upon you to be reconciled to God. That's your urgent need if you're not a Christian. If you are a Christian, then greatly rejoice in the full effectiveness and glory of Christ's death on the cross. John Hall has taken us through some of the most marvellous and reassuring teaching God has given us in the Bible about the absolute completeness of the work which Jesus accomplished through his death and resurrection. He did purchase and achieve full salvation for all who trust in him and there's nothing more for us to add. Indeed, as John has shown us, if there was, then no one could be saved. How gracious God is and how wide and deep his love must be. May he help us all to rest and rejoice in that glorious provision by being true disciples of his dear Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who has secured the salvation of all who follow him. And that brings us to the close of this edition of Serving Today. We trust that you have found it helpful in your ministry. If you would like to contact us, the details follow shortly. So this is Andrew Cook saying goodbye. May God be with you in all your service for Christ. Well, we hope you enjoyed listening to Serving Today, a podcast from the Grace Baptist Mission radio team. There are a number of ways to get in touch. Our email address is servingtoday at gbm.org.uk. Find us on Twitter at servingtodaygbm. Or you can search our web catalogue at www.gbm.org.uk forward slash radio Thanks for listening and goodbye